What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. And Joy. And Kate. We are back with another episode. Sorry, guys, we didn't have one for you last week, but we're back with the heats. Uh, hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash talkitoutpodcast, instagram.com slash talkitoutpodcast, twitter.com slash talkitout underscore pod. Use the hashtag talkitoutpod for a retweet, and um, we'll hit you up, and I love you, and all that good stuff. Um, No housekeeping things as of now, but we do have a very, very special guest coming all the way from our town, Memphis, Tennessee. Miss Ember is here on the show with us. Everybody clap it up for Amber. Um, Amber, can you <laughs> hot breath? Uh, can you please introduce yourself? Uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and uh, what do you do? And if you want to plug any social media stuff, you can do it. Cool. Uh, my name is Amber. I am a native Memphian. I am a political consultant. I have my own consulting business where I consult on different political campaigns or um, if you need help with nonprofit stuff, things like that. I'm also a local activist here. I am the Women's Caucus Chair for the Tennessee Young Democrats. And I'm also the Women's Caucus Secretary for the Young Democrats of America. So I'm huge on women's rights. And if you want to follow me, my name on um, Instagram is A is for Afro. And my Facebook is Amber Sherman. So it's my name, Amber Sherman. S-H-E-R-M-A-N. Woo! Hit her up, follow her, let her know that we sent you. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Amber. We met you at the, well, KT did. I know I do not remember this encounter. KT met you at the condominium uh, from Choices, the people that were here on the show earlier this year. And she was really creepy and, and did something. Explain. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I did like a, a typical white person thing, basically. Um, I just went up to Amber and I was like, I like touched her shoulder and I was like, oh my God, you are so beautiful. But like, I like shamed myself after because I was like, why did I have to touch her shoulder? Like, I just completely disregarded anybody's like personal space that she may have even had. So yeah, I, I was like forever scarred for that. And like, I always remembered Amber as like the woman that I touched her shoulder. So. The woman that I harassed. <laughs> the woman I harassed, right? But now, you know, now we're fine. See how things come full circle? Look at that. All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um whatever. First of all, I want to ask you, Amber, um, what made you get into activism? Um, Yeah. How long have you been an activist? Um, I would definitely say I've always been interested in politics. When I was in high school, I was on the debate team. Um, I had a great debate partner. His name is Kamario. Shout out to him. Um, we used to kill it in debate. And then when I went to college, I knew I wanted to major in political science. Um, I would say my biggest activism, like, you know, that really brought me out um, was I held a protest on my campus against privatization back when the governor wanted to privatize the UT campuses and the national parks because I went to a very small school. UT Martin is a UT school and it's very small. So if you live in Martin, most likely you work at the college. And if you were to lose your job to privatization, there really is nowhere else for you to work with good benefits. And it was just very upsetting to me, especially with, um, like, the custodial staff and things like that. And Martin, we were very close because it's a very small school. And so I just felt personally um, that I should do something. And 
I was a part of Organizing for Action at that time, which I'm still an alumni of. And I use my networks with that to host that protest. So, okay. So you, <laughs> you've been protesting for a bit. Okay. So, um, I saw an image. You, you were doing something, um, doing something in Memphis recently. Have you been arrested? No, I wasn't arrested. Okay. Um, using handcuffs. <laughs> Those weren't handcuffs. They were chains. Oh, chains. Oh, so, the shade. No, I didn't know. So, <laughs> I went to uh, an action at 201 Poplar with um, some of our, I'm in uh, C3, which is the Coalition of Concerned Citizens. Mm-hmm. And we hosted an action with some of our Latina friends against um, like prison labor. So mm-hmm. they had on scrubs, they had different corporations on the back that do prison labor, like Verizon mm-hmm. and things like that, where they're paying them, you know, five cents or Victoria's Secret, where they're paying them like five cents to make panties. Wow. And so it was just an action just to show, um, like to bring awareness to that. And the picture that they got of me was after the action, like went disarray. So we were crossing a crosswalk to go to 201 Poplar to do the demonstration and in the middle of a crosswalk, a public crosswalk, we had, you know, we weren't doing anything illegal. Everyone behind me got tackled and attacked and like pulled to the ground. And it was very traumatic. I have never, you know, you hear things about like stuff happening at protests, but that was the protest that I've ever the first time I've ever been to where, you know, I saw people physically being used and harassed. People clothes being pulled off, arms mm. put behind the back, people being choked. And, you know, that's very traumatic. And so yeah. my reaction to that was the picture that you saw, which was me. I had some chains that they had on that they took off of them. And I was holding them and I was chanting, we have nothing to lose but our chains. Wow. And the commercial appeal got that picture of me. And it's So I look very angry because yeah. I have a very, you know, accurate reason to be. When you see something like that, I mean, it took me weeks to heal from that. Just wow. to see something like that was so traumatic. And what was the reasoning behind it, did they say? I mean, they don't have a reasoning. Every time that they've had an action that I've been at, the police swarm them mm. and harass them. And I mean, we're not even doing anything illegal. It's not illegal to walk in a public crosswalk. It's just not. And so, the, I mean, the response that they had to it was just way too severe. I mean, I can understand wanting to monitor, you know, make sure things are okay. But it didn't, it didn't. There was no reason for them to attack them that way. Exactly. There was no legal reason. Hmm. Come on, Memphis. I have a topic um, on Facebook. I don't know if anybody's seen it. It's been circulating around all day. Apparently, there was a brawl on Bill Street. Um, somebody got stabbed or something like that. Um, and so, you know, whenever these types of videos pop up, People are like, well, this is why I'm leaving Memphis. This is why uh, this is why uh, white folks don't like us. This is why black folks are just crazy. This is why this, that, and the other. Um, actually, I looked at it, and it was, it was disturbing. I mean, it wasn't that many people in the fight, maybe like five folks. Um, but somebody did get stabbed. Um, and so what? I'm going to ask Joy this first because we had an episode on black on black crime earlier like two years ago um when you see videos like this of uh memphians black people fighting what is your first response to this joy is your first response um oh my goodness i need to leave memphis is your first response 
oh my gosh, these people are crazy. Is it, uh, we need more police. What, what do you think about, um, what, what, what is your first response when you see these types of, okay. <clears throat> when I see a black person or somebody of color that is like fighting or arguing or somebody that's in a position of unnecessary drama, I, the first thought that goes to through my mind is they will be black. They would be black. And I think that's because I just feel like, hey, why you got to give us up? Why you got to make them their assumption right? Why you got to make it right? Like, for instance, I was uh, at, I don't know what that store was. Gosh, grocery store, Walmart, Walmart. Okay, I was at Walmart. And I go into, like, just coming out and I'm with, you know, you know, I'm always mobbing. I'm with, like, our people and we come uh putting the groceries <laughs> we're putting their groceries in the trunk how come it's two people uh two couples a black couple and a chinese couple or asian couple arguing about a parking spot they're like arguing and then like you know it just escalates because Somebody says, well, I'm, you go, you know, you don't know where I'm from. And then it's like a whole thing about a parking spot when, yeah, there were no no other parking spots. But do you really want to get arrested in Walmart for a parking spot? No. You get what I'm saying? Like unnecessary drama. When it's like a necessary reasons for the, someone to get upset, then I'm like, yeah, OK, I see their point. But unnecessary drama, The my first reaction was. Dang, they will be black. Mm, mm. That's just how I feel. Mm, okay. <laughs> what about you, Amber? What 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 is your what comes up in your head when you see videos like that of you know violence, black folks fighting each other, like this video on the uh, bill the other day? Um, I mean, I just think about where we are in the city in the first place. We live in a city whose, you know, current administration, even though we're about to get a new administration, they don't really care about mm-hmm. black people. They don't care about impoverished people. But somehow they expect us to act in a way where we don't have any issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's often saying that people in poverty, there's violence. But there aren't any initiatives or, I mean, you don't see them doing anything to help that issue. Right. So I feel like we can't really blame them for their current circumstances we're not doing anything to help them out of those circumstances. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Hold on one second. One second. So, I mean, I get what you're saying and I totally agree with what you're saying. However, are we like, is that like just a broad, you know, overall comment about it or are we talking about like a black people in general or are we talking about black poor people in general? Because I, my statement was based off just necessary drama because I don't think it's okay for anybody to be arguing over a parking spot or threatening to kill someone because of a parking spot. And mm-hmm. yeah, things have happened. Things are happening that make it harder for black people, especially in America but especially in the South, but is that okay? Well, I was speaking specifically to Memphis, not just, you know, in America, just because I've seen how people, you know, in poverty are treated in Memphis and it's disgusting. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been at incidents where I was riding with my friend Hunter just in Midtown, and there was a homeless guy walking to a job fair, and the police ca- they called the police on him. Mm. Well, how do you expect him to no longer be homeless if he doesn't have a job? Right. So I feel like that the Memphis police and Memphis itself, the way that we target or the way that we approach poverty and things like that, it's just not in the best way. And so when things like that happen on Bill, I'm just not surprised. Do I think there's things we could do, you know, to prevent it? Yes. But Bill in itself, they've already done, done things where they felt they were preventing, you know, violence to crime with the whole Bill Street Bucks thing mm-hmm. and, you know, different things like that. Obviously, those things aren't working. But there aren't any new, you know, initiatives or plans being looked at. And I think that's what's most important. Right. Yeah. Because when you when you uh, listen to the conservative uh, folks, um, they'll just say, "Oh, we just need more police, more police." That's that's what's gonna help crack down on the crime, more police. But when you think about it, a lot of these people, we're talking about people that don't. It from what I can tell, if you just over here fighting and brawling and stabbing folks out of anger, I don't know the backstory, but. I probably have a feeling that you have a hard time expressing your emotions or you have anger management problems, all of this, which could be caused by um, your environment, um, childhood experiences, um, the way you're raised, the people you're around. um, And some of these things, which can be um, helped uh, by, I mean, the government, I mean, uh, investing more in education, um, helping, helping families. Helping single mothers who don't have enough time to spend time with their children and their children are going going out into the streets and stuff because, you know, there's there's no uh, family or parents there. Like there's stuff we can do to to help. Um, it's just unfortunate that like the first thing we say is just knee jerk. Like, oh, these people are terrible. Oh, Memphis is a terrible place. But like you said, Amber, there is a correlation. I mean, the poverty rate in Memphis is just out of control. And the, the school system is terrible. And, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going wrong in Memphis than to just say, oh, it's just directly on these people. They're just immoral people and they're hateful and, and stuff like that. Um, I think that's kind of a cop-out. It's, it's a lot more to it. Um, huh? I agree. I think it is a cop out. Like I, I definitely agree. That there's way more to it. Like as I told other people before, when you see violence, and you just say, "Oh, that's just how black people act," but you never ask them, you know, what's the hidden emotion to that violence? There's always something under it. There's mm-hmm. something under the anger. There's something under the violence. And but we don't teach people how to talk things out. Right. You know, we teach people go shoot them, or you know, go beat them up. Go put your hands on them. That's the yeah. best way to resolve it. And I just think that if we offer, you know, other techniques and not just not just that, but also the reactions to it, you know, mm-hmm. the way the police react to things like that, mm-hmm. it's just very important that we look at those things. Exactly. Um, what do you say? Because this was something else I was seeing um, comments uh, besides the I'm going to leave Memphis, of course. Um, the, ble- the white people will never respect us. Because we over here acting like that. What What is your... Do you agree with that? Do you disagree? What do you think, what? Joy? 
where are you seeing these things well, at? Like on Facebook, what? on the comments. Gosh, what's on your scroll? <laughs> My scroll? It was on the video. <laughs> Is that what you call it? Like a little scroll when you scroll down? Uh, why, why, why should we respect ourselves? It's, that's the whole purpose. Why do we need the white people to respect us, not respect us? Like, why, why are we not respecting ourselves by acting the way we're acting? Like, if we... Um, if we're fighting, we should be ashamed of that. We shouldn't be, uh, oh, the white folks going to be ashamed. Who cares what they think? Mm-hmm. We as a black culture should get on get on uh, other black people. Mm-hmm. Like, girl, you know you don't need to do that. Or um, come here, let me talk to you. Yeah. Now, everybody ain't always trying to hear you. I understand that. But I feel like we should talk to each other more as a culture. Well, like I was saying before, I mean, why do I need a white person's respect? I mean, or anybody's respect. I feel yeah. like if you don't have respect for yourself, then that's where the real problem is. Just like when we were talking about that guy and he had all the potential, but if he can't see that in himself, I mean, you can't force him to see his greatness. I mean, that's just not, it's not possible. If he doesn't see You're it right. for himself, then it doesn't matter. You're right. It's just so sad. Right. And I mean, it is sad, but I think that's a huge reason why also I, I believe in, you know, mentoring and volunteering. I'm really huge on civic duty. I feel that, you know, if you live in this community, you owe something to that community. You should yeah. give back. Because Thank you. mentoring is really huge in building that self-esteem. Yes, you can't, you know, you can tell him all day how great he is. But if you, you know, you mentor him and, you know, you show him, you know, what he could be, what he could do, you know, different types of employment or, you know, different types of hobbies, he can start to see it in himself. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of how I feel as well. Whenever I see those comments, I'm like, I'm like sometimes black people we as black people can be like too obsessed with the white gaze and g-a-z-e and how like we're perceived by them and oh i can't eat a watermelon in front of white people because stereotypes or i can't listen to this music in front of them because then they're going to think i'm ghetto like that that scene is is just sad in and of itself just because people are they feel like that's the only way they can express their emotions and they feel like that's that is an acceptable behavior to to be stabbing folks downtown like my first thought was not oh the whites what are they gonna think like that shouldn't be that shouldn't even be in the back of your head but i definitely agree with respect for ourselves like we talk about it all the time black folks need to come together but like what do you think is hindering the 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 bond, the coming togetherness that we always talk about? Why can't black folks come together? Why can't we see each other in a more um what's the word? family type way? Like I mean, we do it like when it like we're dealing with racism, like somebody does some racist. We all band together, you know, for a week. But what is stopping us from just doing that on the daily? What do y'all think? I think it, it depends on, you know, what circles you're in. Because, I mean, my friends in the Coalition of Concerned Citizens, I consider them family. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not just black people. It's black people, white people, Latina people. You know, it's people from all cultures. And I feel like it's a choice for yourself. You know, you have to choose to want a better community and a better culture for yourself. Or you have to choose to put yourself in a position where, you know, you have that culture, you have that love. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I'm just so happy you're here. Because anytime, let me just take the time to point out podcast <laughs> that anytime I suggest what you're saying, Amber, they, they tell me that I'm just a bunch of kumbaya mess. And that I uh that the world doesn't work that way, and that we all can't can't do this together. We have to focus on ourselves. I'm just happy you're hearing you're saying this. Okay, it's that's my first. Well, I would uh, definitely disagree because I mean everybody needs a tribe. It's like you know I have the women's caucus. You know we all need you know a group of people that we feel comfortable with and that we feel that help us grow. Thank you. Uh, don't let okay. Joy simplify what what we be saying, uh, Amber. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> Joy. Uh, what most of the time when I say something like that, I'm speaking on behalf of uh, as a black woman, black poor woman. Um, majority of the time, the only person that's really gonna be fighting for me is me and so i just want to i'm just letting her know that that whole kumbaya if all the races and all the sexualities and everybody coming together for a common goal is not necessarily realistic that it's more realistic just to just to say okay um i know who my people are we're fighting for the same thing we're not necessarily gonna get everybody on board because that's not that's not gonna happen that's what I think. I mean, just because it doesn't seem realistic doesn't mean it's not possible. Thank you, uh, oh, You just speak it, girl. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean you just know. speak it. Um. Well, okay. Well, I get so much stuff. Like you have no idea. Like I get. I just sometimes I walk away and I'm like, oh, that just brought down my positivity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't let us bring down your positivity um joy maybe uh, maybe i'm just a, a pessimist but i yeah this just it's just what i think what i think especially in the black community um like we we talked about this you know everybody's for black power but what exactly does that mean um i don't know if i'm gonna get everybody on board to support my feminist queer identity so i just get with like-minded people and we work on what we trying to do um but i mean if if y'all think that one day we can all come together and everybody will be working to help and fight for everybody else then you know keep living the dream i guess um (laughs) that's that's what i I think All keep right. living the dream. Keep living Martin Luther King's dream. Live it. Nothing else. You ain't got nothing. Oh nothing. Lord. Uh, Amber, you're really big on activism. What is your view on millennials and activism? Do you think millennials are getting more involved, or social media is kind of clouding our 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 thinking of it? I feel like um, after 2016, after um, the the most recent presidential election. We had a huge surge of voter registration and, and you know, more millennials getting involved because of Bernie. 
Mm-hmm. And I still feel like that same momentum is carrying over into 2020. But I also feel like it's more than just about, you know, presidential elections. People are getting more active in local elections and midterm elections and also just more active in their community. Mm-hmm. Um, like a huge thing with, you know, my friends who are activists as well, they're mm-hmm. my, like around my age, a few years older, you know, and they're just people who want to see their communities be better. Yeah. Like a huge thing that we do with, um, they do with C3, which I haven't been able to participate yet because it's on a Wednesday. But they have Work Woke Wednesdays mm-hmm. where they go and work in a garden that they planted in the heart of South Memphis. Okay. And we all know that South Memphis has a huge food desert issue. Right. So it's just, you know, to tackle that or um, just different things they go and advocate on. I feel like it's very important because when you advocate for your community to make your community a better place, you're more engaged. And you're more likely to, you know, to pay attention to things that are done in the county commission or local elections, midterm elections, city council, stuff like that. Once you get engaged in things like that, you know, it goes on and on. And I feel like just in the same political climate that we're in, people are more engaged, especially with women's rights issues and LGBTQ issues. You know, those are huge hot button topics that really get people engaged and active. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have seen a huge millennial surge with just that alone. I went to the um, the Women's March in NYC, and it was huge. But, I mean, they also had huge marches here in Memphis. And just to see people, you know, really get out. And it was mostly a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just show their support for different women's issues was so important. So, Amber, I have a question. Like, so you say you're part of the uh, state again. You're a part of the Young Democratic Democrats of Tennessee. The, yeah, the Tennessee Young Democrats. So, OK, young, um, young Dems, they have chapters all throughout the United States. And Tennessee has a chapter as well as a local chapter here for the county, for Shelby County. We have the Shelby County Young Democrats, which I'm also a member of. Um, but I serve for the Tennessee Young Democrats. I'm the Women's Caucus Chair. So I serve on their executive board. And if anybody was interested that's listening um, in participating in or becoming a part of the um, you guys' group, how would they go about doing that? Um, they can just look us up on Facebook. It's the Tennessee Young Dems Women's Caucus. And you just to be a part of the caucus, you just have to be a member of Young Dems. So it's $5 for a two-year membership. Mm-hmm. And if you're in college, you can just be a member of the college young dams at your specific college. But if you don't have a college chapter, um, then you can just, you know, be a part of the young dams either for your county or just for Tennessee, which is the Tennessee Young Dams. So you can Google us. We have a website, we have a Facebook page. And then the women's caucus themselves, we have a Facebook page as well. And if they you know, just want more information, they can message me on that page and I can help them become a member. Or if they are a member, they can just sign up for um our different on our Facebook, we post different events and things like that. Okay, thank you. So anybody who wants to uh, come be a part of that, please go to their Facebook page. Listen, tell Amber that we sent you from Coffee Chat <laughs> Podcast, you know. Okay, yes. just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more question um, for everybody. Who's here? Um, who? Because you're talking about presidents. Who would be your ideal presidential candidate for 2020? Is that when is the next one in? 2020, I think. Is it 2020? 
who knows, the next election, who would be your ideal presidential candidate? Um, that you, if you saw, if they were running, you'd be like, heck yes, they got my vote. Well, I don't really have a name um, yet, but I know that I want a black woman. I feel like, um, first of all, black women vote more than anyone else anyways. And I, I wholeheartedly believe in representation. I think that it's so important. I mean, we see representation even from a young age. It really matters when you see you know, someone you know, just showing you the best example of the type of person that you should be. Or you see someone you know, in a position of power and they look like you. That really matters. It's like we have the governor's race in Georgia. There's Stacey Abrams. She's running for uh, governor. And she's a black, natural, plus-size woman running for governor. Wow. And me, looking at her, you know, that's the kind of governor that I want. I want someone that represents me. Because people, I, think, I feel like people don't understand the importance of representation and how important it really is. Um, but we just elected a black county mayor you know, here in Shelby yeah. County. And that's so important because, you know, as a Latina person or a white person or any other nationality, you can identify with the issues, you know, that black people have, but you can never understand it. Exactly. Because you aren't a black person. Yeah. And so I feel like that representation is just so important. So I don't know a specific person, but I definitely would love a black woman. I know a specific person. I know, I know, I know. Who? Michelle Obama. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would totally get behind her. Why her? Well, because, first of all, I feel like she was in charge anyway, that uh, her and Barack Obama were a team. Okay. You know, like they were, like he was the, the president, but so was she. So I feel like once we get them in there together, She'll be the president, and so will he. So they can do that again for eight more years, and then by that time, hopefully, uh, how old do you have to be to run for president? Thirty-five. To run for president, thirty-five. A natural yeah. citizen. Oh well, crap. Well, then somebody else can take office, and then after those four years, then the oldest daughter can take it office for eight years. They're gonna have a dynasty. I, I would. I would love that. Just in a fantasy perfect world. That would be my to have them rule forever. A <laughs> kingdom. <Maybe> okay. <laughs> give me a, a uh, <laughs> yeah, to have them rule forever. And like to the end my fantasy world, then like he's got a son and he makes me falls in love. That'd be great. Wow. That took a left turn. All right. KT. <laughs> I think KT ready to talk. Who who is your ideal? Oh. You put on the headphone. Who's your ideal political candidate you would vote for? What would you look for in a candidate? Um, I don't really have a specific ideal person. No one specific. Uh, no one that I would actually even be like, oh yeah, amazing, whatever. Um, but I do think that. Like, even if there was an ideal candidate, for instance, if, if there was someone who was, like, super feminist, super queer, super all of that, um, I don't know that it would make much difference. Um, and that's, maybe that's me being pessimist. Uh, I just think that, like, there's a lot of other things that go into play other than just the president 
of the United States. Other like you gotta have everything work out in all of the houses in order for everything to be the perfect world or whatever. So to me, I don't think it's really like per se the perfect precedent. Maybe like the the perfect um, government. What would the perfect government look like? Okay. Um, I I agree. There is a lot that plays in the plays into it. I mean, we learned that with President Obama. Um, but sometimes it's just good. Like we know that the president can't get everything done, but sometimes it's good just to have somebody look like you. So, um, yeah, I I technically don't have a person. There is a black woman. Is she black? Kamala Harris? Is she black? Half black? She's running, but I don't really know her political standings. So for me, not only would they have to be black in a Kamala woman. Kamala is black. Kamala, she's black. Okay. Um, not only would they have to be black in a woman and some type of queer, but they also their their ideology. I gotta really look at they like their ideology about economics and uh, the way they view poverty and education because. Like, yeah, it's cool you look like me, but how them politics look, though? Like, I got to make sure when you get in here, you're not just a face and the, the same old, same old. But, yeah, as of, as of now, I ain't really, there's nobody. Like, I was a Bernie, a Bernie bro, a Bernie sis, but I kind of fell off that train. Hopefully we can find somebody before because as of now, I ain't really nobody looking interesting. Um, Michelle Obama, if you're listening, please, please, please run. Okay, I know your husband can't do it anymore, but I would have voted for you anyway. Okay, what do y'all think about? Remember that all that, those rumors about Oprah Winfrey vote, uh, running for president? What do y'all think about that? She ain't doing it, but like, <sighs> how would y'all view that? I don't know. No. Hmm. No, maybe. Like, that's maybe. the simplest answer. <laughs> that's the simplest answer. I mean, Why? because I want to say blank, blank, no. But. Why no? Because she doesn't have a political background. Neither did Trump. What is she? The Arnold Schwarzenegger of presidency? I mean, that's what we're doing now. We're letting anybody become president. Yeah, well. It'll be a no. If that's the case. That's so you know, any argument can be debunked when you say President Trump's name. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> you actually have to have an education. Oh, Trump. Oh, what do you think, Amber? Oprah Winfrey. She a black woman. Winfrey, I I feel like we don't deserve Oprah and her magic. Oh wow. <laughs> she needs to keep doing what she's doing. We don't deserve her. They'll destroy her. Oh my gosh. I was not expecting that answer. I mean, that's true. They would. I mean, especially she a black so and a woman, out. like they, they will find any and every if she if she Why ran she a stoplight, they, they would they would they would find it, you know. And the thing with Trump is I mean, like, I think that huh? a huge yeah, thing ahead. is we don't notice, you know, all the conspiracy and Crazy things that the Obamas had to went to had to go through. They called Michelle a man for eight years. Yep, sure. They had, you know, groups and posted her as a man and said that their children came from different people. You know, I mean, that alone is hurtful. You know how it feels for somebody to say you didn't birth your own children. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't go through something like that. And Oprah already has, you know, had things she's overcome in her past. 
And I just, I would never put her through that mm. because they will try, they will drag her. Joe would. Just because people are so evil. And all them white women who wow. loved her all that time, they'll turn their backs in two seconds. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Oprah, no. Not even because of that, just her, uh-uh. No. No, no, <clears throat> no, no, no. Her politics are out of whack. And she, uh-uh. She, like, she, she's one of them people, like, just like Trump. Like, she is so rich at this point. Like, I don't even know if she remembers what it is to not have money. Like, she's a billionaire with a B. I need somebody to Oprah. She understands the no, struggle. No, no, just because, yeah, she lady. was poor. Yeah, when she was, when she was younger, yes. But now, like, to go from poor to being a billionaire where, like, you just, you can lose $5,000 and not think about it. Like, I need somebody in office that, that is, at least the most they can be is middle class, like upper middle class, maybe. I don't need nobody, no elite people in if government I could run, I would. Uh, making no policies about economics and affecting me and my little chick. So it'll be a, a hard no. What you think, KT? Nope. Would you vote for Oprah Winfrey? Why not? Because you're racist. Probably. <laughs> no. Um, same thing. Like, she's just too rich. She's too rich. We don't need anyone else who's. Who's already rich in the in the office? Um, we need you know some, who, we need someone who has only ever made like thirty k in a year yes. <laughs> running in the office. To be honest, like that's just what I think. Why is it that we give rich people like because they are rich, then they have more authority? Like y'all realize the only reason Donald Trump even get that far is because he's rich. Any old hobo on the street, like the redneck in the trailer park, with the same IQ and the same ideologies, he would never have a chance. But because Trump got money and people have money, they are automatically in the talks of, oh, maybe I can run. Like, how come ain't nobody asking me if I can run? Like, when I turn 35. Like, I wouldn't even be in the conversation. I told everybody I was going to be president, you guys. Oh, okay. You when I was growing up, all the way through high school, I told them I was going to be president. Oh yeah, okay. you yeah. still can. I vote for you, Joy, because you you know you know what it's like. You and you down with the people. Oh, and I can you be know your who's advisor. a good a good one? Angela Rye. Mm. I love Angela Rye. Mm. I met her um, when she came here to. Oh yeah, she was in Memphis. Yeah, I met her. I talked to her for a second. She is. I mean, she's a regular person like anybody else, but she's just so cool. Um, <laughs> I'm saying girling out. <laughs> I got a picture with her. It's on my face. It's on my Instagram if you guys follow me. No. Okay, I'll follow you soon. All right, well, let me, let me, let me click. Oh. Angela Rice, like my everything right now. She's like, whatever I'm Cousin Angela, I love me some Cousin Angela. <laughs> whenever I'm like, like thinking about, you know, I only decide to know what's going on because I just really find everything that's going I usually I'm like super in on what's happening in the world but I just find it so depressing right now mm-hmm. so I just try to keep it to like two two times a week but whenever I go I make sure I listen to what she has to say because she's just like everything in my in my like as far as politically um her viewpoints to what she has to say and then the way she takes a stand and she stands in that stand I just be like, oh, girl, I can stand with you. Mm. <laughs> you gonna stand with it? I know. I'm gonna stand with 
There you go. There you go. Everybody vote for Angela Rye for president. We're gonna get her to run. Um, true. I guess she'll get my vote. She, she'll get mine. I got a question. Go ahead. What political commentator? What political commentator makes you like? What political commentator makes you guys crazy? Like good or bad? Bad. Like you can't stand to hear them speak. Um. Guy from the church here in Memphis. What guy? The old man. Old guy. You know who I'm talking about. And he runs that church. Oh, that is Matthews. Yes. Oh, that is Matthews. Okay. Ugly, crunchy butt. Man, that dude need to be something. Ugh, I hate that man. Um, yeah, but he's not a political. Well, I guess you can say he's a commentator. I mean, he comments on. We're gonna oh get him God. on the show one of these days. Hey, T, you're gonna hate me. What? I think that's uh, I said I think that's like our cousin. For real. For real, like my mom's like, mm, that's just Thaddeus. I don't pay him no amount. Um, but he, I was like, who is Thaddeus? Like, she, he and she's like, oh, that's our cousin. You don't know him? I was like, no, never met him. Oh my! Oh, get him on the show! On the show oh my right. gosh, hit him up now! Get that man on the show. <laughs> Are y'all still recording? Yeah, we still recording. Yeah. <laughs> we just talking there. Oh, yeah, get that mind on the show. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'll try. And, and if he tried, girl, I swear I would go off. But my okay. my my political commentator that I love to hate is Sean Hannity. Yes. Because I feel like he has really gone off the rails now. Like, he has become a 100% legit conspiracy theorist. And Trump just... Just I don't even know. Like I don't even. It's not even kissing butt no more. At this point, you just literally infatuated with this man. Nothing he does, everything that man does can be um justified or deflected. And oh, Hillary did this. Hillary did that. It's really becoming annoying. Like at first, I could kind of tolerate him, but at this point, like it's just becoming pathetic. Like he's gonna look back on this after Trump is gone. And Trump don't care about him no more and just really be ashamed of himself. It's it's really a shame. So that's my dude. What about you, Amber? I don't really have one that I hate, but um, I have a few that I like, but I don't really have one that I hate because I don't really watch anybody who I don't like. So, <laughs> um, I really like Van Jones. I've been watching him since college. He, mm-hmm. he actually went to my college. I met him a few times, too. Okay. Um. And I like I love Angela Rye. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's about it. I watch. I mean, I watch kind of the same people. Um, the what's the late night show? Trevor. I like him too. Trevor Noah. Yes, it's so cute. Oh, okay. Hello. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't think Trevor Noah's cute? He alright. I mean, he's just okay. Oh. I'm sorry, Trevor. Right. You know who my favorite dude used to be? Cornell West. I used to love that man. Whenever he come on Fox and get on uh Bill O'Reilly and Sean, Sean Hannity, I just get my life. And when he be on Bill Maher, like, that was a cool dude. He kind of, I don't know, people don't call him no more because Obama not president no more. He's really kind of falling off. Alright, this has been your girl Gabby and KT. Enjoy is silent for some reason. And this has been 
talk it out. Enjoy. What, girl? Why did you say it now? Why did? Because I just now heard you. You, girl, you must have the leg. Hold on, I'm confused. All right, we'll fix it. This has been Talk It Out Podcast. Talk it out. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yes, Amber. And we out.